lyrics to this one. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We're back in the car. We're in L.A. right now, and I'm actually dropping Martin off at the airport because he's going to Canada. Going to Canada. <laughs> well, going to Chicago, then driving to Canada, then driving to Chicago, then... F- Wait, no. I messed that up. This is Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. His name is... Martin McGovern. And if you didn't know by now, season two of this podcast is an epic six-week road trip that we are taking, starting in Chicago, going out west, and coming back. We're at the halfway point in L.A. right now, and we've done some pretty cool podcasts out here. You already heard the last episode we released live with Daniel DiPiazza at General Assembly. Our next one we're giving to you today is with... J.J. Owen from Movember. If you're not familiar with Movember, if you've ever noticed towards the end of the year in the month of November, a lot of dudes start growing ridiculously. Mustaches. And they're pretty gross for most people. Some people can pull it off. They're amazing. Not gross (laughs) at all. Movember is an awareness. It's a charity, nonprofit organization that brings awareness to men's health. Hence why you grow the mustache to raise money and raise awareness for men's health. People ask you about the mustache, you tell them about the cause, it's all good all around, some money gets raised, it's good stuff. So given all that, we talked with J.J. Owen about how do you help others. And it was a really good conversation. We were at the Movember headquarters for that. Uh, We talked shop, then we played darts with those guys afterwards. So really cool conversation. You're about to hear our episode with J.J. Owen, and this is the episode where... You're going to kick ass at life after listening to this one. So So curl up your mustache with some mustache wax and get ready. (laughs) Before we dive in, if you don't know already, our road trip and our podcast is sponsored by none other than Under 30 Experiences. We're traveling right now and Under 30 Experiences is an awesome travel community, bringing people together, taking like-minded, young, ambitious adults on cool trips around the world. I've been to Costa Rica and Belize. Martin's been to Iceland and Belize. They go to tons of other places, too, like Ireland. I think I just saw on their Instagram they're scouting out Scotland now. Nice. So a lot of cool trips they're going on. And as a thank you for our listeners and in partnership with this podcast, if you go to under30experiences.com and you use the promo code IDEALEMON, all one word, you will get $100 off of your booking. So quit staring out the window and dreaming about where you could go and just go on an under 30 experiences trip. That's what we did. Like, remember when we went to Belize? Yeah. It was on a whim. Impulse buys. <laughs> <laughs> so check out under30experiences.com. They're pretty awesome, and that's why we partnered with them. We will catch you at the end of the show. For now, let's listen in on our conversation with J.J. Owen talking about how do you help others. 2008, I actually first heard about November. Uh, I was working at an alternative investment firm, uh, really just not loving life at that point, but my boss had come from Quicksilver. They had participated in Movember in the past, and that's the first time I heard of it, and he's like, oh, we should have done it. It was halfway through the month. I was pissed. I was like, yeah, we should have. I would have loved to have grown a mustache. And, um, right at that point, you know, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers had hit, so that industry kind of came to fill out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so found myself going back to grad school and um, went to the University of Oregon to get my MBA. And, you know, when you go back, like, I kind of set up some goals. I was like, I, I want to enjoy student life. In my, in my other life as an undergrad, I played baseball and didn't have much of a life outside of being a student athlete, which is. AJ Owen's a very baseball name. I, I have to thank say. you, yeah. <laughs> I, were you a shortstop? Uh, no, I was a catcher in a first base. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I squandered the name. I should be in the big leagues, but. Uh, 
you know, you have this remarkable experience being a student athlete, but you do have like this, like you look out at everybody else in campus life and you're like, oh, I'm missing out on right. right? And they're also looking at you going, I'm missing out on a lot. So when I went back to Oregon, I wanted to get involved in a cause uh, in particular, some sort of philanthropy. Uh, my roommate at the time, Rishi Mufi, uh, we had just met each other, we're simpatico right off the bat, really good dude, still really one of my great friends to this day. And his mom was going through stage four colon cancer at the time. We decided that we wanted to do something cancer related. Both of us agreed that we didn't want to run a marathon. Just, <laughs> the body type doesn't. That's why I played baseball, right? I can run from fir, from home plate to home plate, but ninety feet at a time. That's my motto. I'm good to go. Um, so yeah, so that was really the impetus for us getting involved with Movember. And you know, 2009 was about ten of us in the NBA program, just for fun. And you know, Rishi and I did most of the fundraising. It was about sixteen hundred bucks between the two of us. And that for me was eye opening because it was like the first time I'd ever done anything charitable. I donated before, but I never actually been involved, participated in a charity. So, kind of lit the fire. Um, that following quarter, that winter quarter, we actually were in a class called Recognizing Business Opportunities. And the whole premise of the course was you have to pick one opportunity, analyze it, and then say, would you go with it or would you scrap it? And so, Rishi and I were like, we got a November on campus. Like, Clearly, it's already set up as a foundation. Like, why isn't this huge on college campuses? Mm -hmm. We built out a game plan, everything, green-lighted it at the very end. And the same group of people that we assembled for this project, we turned into a committee and basically went for it. We called Movember HQ, and there was all five people working here and said, hey, listen, we got this idea to roll up Movember on campus at Oregon. What do you say? And they're just like, sure. Like, I don't think you understand. We're, this is as grassroots as it comes. There's five of us here. Anything you can do would be great. Why are you even asking? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we ran at it in 2010, and it just blew up. It went from, I think we had 10 people in 2009 on our team, and then the campus had close to 250 people sign up. Uh, one of them was the president of the university, grew a mustache. Um, we, had, we raised about 13, 14,000 bucks, and local media, video board time at, you know, one of the Ducks football games, like everything hit. And I mean, that, that's, you know, kind of where it starts is like, I, I got in touch with the country director from November and he knew what I was doing up at Oregon and said he just had a board approved NBA level position open up. Huh. And would you want to come work for a charity? And I was like, you know what? Sure. Why not? Which took a lot of explaining and still does to, yeah. you know, the family. <laughs> They're like, let me get this straight. You went and got a master's and took out student loans, and you're going to go be a mustache salesman and work in a nonprofit. <laughs> Great thought. <Yeah. laughs> Way to think that one. But those are always the best stories, though, right? Yeah. Those are always the most successful people, or the, one, or the happiest ones, anyway, or the ones who certainly just happy. do what yeah. they want to, regardless of what the expectation was. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, been a MOBRO for six years, but been with the foundation for four campaigns. This will be my fifth one, and it's been amazing. Like, you, you really do, like, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, not necessarily in the sense of, I don't, I don't really look at Movember as a nonprofit or a charity. I kind of look at us as almost like a venture philanthropy. Hmm. A venture philanthropy term. Like, we're more of a startup than we are anything else. And, you know, you see all the skateboards around here, the elk head, like, the culture of the office. It's, mm -hmm. it's not, not your mom and dad's charity. There's no cubicles. Nobody's wearing slacks. No one has a donor pipeline or anything like that. We're... You know, at the heart of it, trying to get guys yeah. to grow mustaches for mental health. Sure. So, yeah.
I want to, so let's go back to the point of, so you're at Oregon, and you say to yourself, I want to get involved in philanthropy in some way. Why was that important to you in the first place? Well, for me, I had, when I lost that team dynamic, um, I mean, I'm JJ, I'm a baseball player. That's my family and friends know me as that. And then one day you're done. So you kind of lose your identity and, you know, I was going through a little, like, I mean, I would call it a crazy existential crisis, but that's a big, like, you, yeah. there's a big piece oh, of your identity's gone. Like, shit, yeah. Um, you've, you know, you know, in Malcolm Gladwell's work, like, I'd become an expert in baseball. I dedicated right. over 10,000 hours yeah. of my life. And then I had to go do something else. And so I knew full well that I needed to go back to Oregon to get my MBA because that was going to help kind of give me some focus. But at the same time, I knew I needed some sort of camaraderie in my life. And I needed that experience. I need, I, I very much thrive off the energy of other people. And that was the whole student life thing. That was the whole philanthropy piece. Um, you know, from a while back, like, and this goes back to like when I first took that, you know, philosophy class that every college student takes up. PHL 100. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're like, awesome, I know everything, right? Like, I can, you know, talk about Kierkegaard all day long. <laughs> And I, I remember thinking about the notion of altruism and thinking it was just fundamentally flawed. Like, because there is always going to be a little sense of ego involved. And I don't think altruism is necessarily mm -hmm. a perfect theory because it, it implies that you're 100% selfless. And I'm here today because I really enjoy feeling great about myself when I'm around incredible people making awesome things happen. And that's cool. And I don't think anyone should feel guilty about that. And I, that, that's what I went into Oregon thinking is like, okay, A, I need to start shaping my, you know, identity. Again. I need to start to get my feet on the ground. Next stage of life, right? Yeah. I need a group of people around me that I'm going to love hanging out with. And I feel good when I, I'm around other people that feel good and we're doing good, helping out. That's, you know, that was instilled in me in the locker room playing baseball for how many years. So that was really kind of it like it's a little bit of philosophy but mostly just kind of like that social need to yeah yeah and surrounding yourself with ambitious people too yeah. like you're not just going to the you know bar down the street and hoping you meet some cool people like that's yeah it's like choosing people who same as when you were doing baseball have real ambitions like to win to do something with your life yeah you, you get some like-minded folks yeah you know? and on top of that it's like so i think there's a lot of disconnect in trying to get involved in something that is philanthropic or cause related or whatever, because I think for a lot of people, it's like you get into like, this, I have to save the world mentality, mm -hmm. which can be very daunting, right? It's very tough to save the world. Right. But in your case, and I think what is probably true for a lot of people, they just might not realize it, is it's really more about the good feeling you get around the like-minded people and having that community aspect to it. And it's like, we're doing something good, but it's, it's almost seems like it's more about for you. You're doing something good, but it's, it's as a result of being surrounded in this community that you've built. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you wake up every day. I, I, I wake up every day and I consider my job one of the best in the world because I have an incredible culture here. I have great people that I consider friends, not just coworkers. Um, I'm meeting guys like you who are dedicated MOBROs and super passionate, right? And it's not, I'm never going into a meeting with a MOBRO and they're like, 
like looking at it like, oh, I got a sales report coming down the pike. <laughs> yeah. Like, got to meet budget and all that. Like everybody's genuinely jazzed to talk about mustaches. Now, whether or not they actually get involved and you know, participate in November or not, don't know. I don't get yeses all the time, right? Or else we'd have mustaches everywhere. But you know, at the same time, I never leave a meeting and someone's like, those guys are idiots. Yeah. It's never going to work. <laughs> like everyone's genuinely just kind of fascinated with what right. we're doing, and and if that's the if that's a loss for me, if that's like not a win, right? Because I didn't get a mustache grown, but they're genuinely fascinated with what we're doing. Actually, I chalk it up as a win all day long. Like yeah. that's fundamentally what we're trying to do is you know start a conversation, generate you know awareness, and educate guys, get them to be proactive in their life. If we can create a compelling story around that, then that's going to do. You know, it'll have legs on its own. And that's that's the believing in it aspect is key because that yeah. for me brings up literally last night. Uh, our friend who we were staying with was an old coworker of mine, um, and when we both worked at that company together, we both kind of decided our respective exit points were when we found ourselves talking to clients and going into meetings and. Basically, being like in our heads, if I wasn't, if I didn't work for this company and have this job title, I probably wouldn't be recommending that they do this. Right. And that makes it, you know, it's like a, you, you walk in the room feeling defeated yeah. because you're almost having to, like, in a way, lie and fake this smile. Like, this is great, but if you don't actually think it's great, then oh, yeah. it changes everything versus when you actually believe in it. Like, the energy the second you walk into the room, people, like, it's palpable, people can feel it. And like you said, no one is looking at you being like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. It's like, yeah, this is, and whether they, they sign on or not, they, at the very least, you are generating awareness for the cause of Movember. Right. And at the very best, they are signing on and getting involved. Right. And you've created a genuine connection, you know, at that point. Like, there, you know, I don't think any of us could, could fake it. Like, I mean, it's, it's a mustache, right? It's, if we're, if we're selling a You product, literally cannot fake a mustache. <laughs> if we're selling, if we're selling a product, a stick on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it'd be easy to wash yourself out uh, and have a you know, high churn rate with an organization if you didn't have a product that people were behind and believing. Starting with your employees, right? And the fact that we've, you know, been around for 10 plus years now, and we have about 130 employees, a number of them that there from the get-go like that's testament to kind of the culture and the vibe and you know the ethos of the company right. which is and the ethos of the cause really like you know we're just a function of a, a larger piece of the puzzle the next puzzle right so yeah well and and even if you think back to when you guys started this right you just needed something to work on and you could have picked any one of a million things right you could yep. have created baseball you know, fan sites or whatever it is that you yeah. want. But like, you went for this because it meant something and you reached out to Movember you know, large scale and they were like, of course, we need the help too. And it's kind of identifying that no matter where you're at, there's always someone that you can help and there's always a need that yeah. needs to be grown. And hey, how about that? Um, <laughs> but like, uh, and so like one of the things for me as I've been getting into this and I got introduced into Movember from my friend Andrew at my first job is that I never really did much charity prior to this because, you know, I always felt awkward asking people for money and I never really knew what the cause was or like how to show it or promote it or anything like that. Um, but because, you know, a couple of guys in the office all wear mustaches and like went out for drinks and like all this other stuff, it kind of opened my eyes to the world of even charitable giving in, in general. 
And so on a person-to-person basis, as you're kind of doing this and getting out there, you're helping other people realize things about themselves and do things that maybe are pushing their comfort zone, which every time you push your comfort zone, other things open up. And so you push your comfort zone with like, well, now I'm going to go the nonprofit route, and now your life is on a different trajectory and a whole different opportunities open up. We go on this road trip, changes the entire trajectory and the stories and the people we meet and the way that our life continues to unfold. And I think that just helping someone do something as small as grow a mustache and just see how the world changes around you um, or whatever it is that you're helping someone do, it could be large and charitable or it could just be something small and, you know, you help this one person in the relationship that comes out of it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I call it the, uh, I, was a, I was a fat kid growing up, so I had cheese on my broccoli all the time. That's the only way my mom could get me to eat the broccoli. And I call it our cheese on the broccoli is we come in and we don't hold up a kicked puppy or we don't lead in with a scary cancer stat plan. Yeah, we don't, it's not like one in seven men are going to be diagnosed with prostate yeah. cancer. Like, grow a mustache today. Yeah. You know, we, we lead it. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's a, you know, adds a little levity to a very serious problem. And that, like, that's fundamentally why I got involved. Because it was fun. And then meaning came from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I got called out on, you know, my bullshit, basically. Like, I learned how to, I, I always was a bit of a pitch man. Like, I could go and sell. And, like, I had no problem. I used to an Eskimo kind of guy. Yeah, like, I had no problem selling, you know, Movember and, like, asking for donations from my friends and family. And I remember at Thanksgiving, I hit my aunt up for a donation. And she's a nurse, and I come from a whole family of nurses. And my aunt, you know, basically was like, tell me about the programs that they focus on. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Like, oh, I just got called out. Like, yeah. that just got real. I I can't just, yes, it's fun. Yes, I'm having a great time doing it. Yes, I'm raising money. I'm having a successful campaign. But to really take it to the next level, you actually have to engage yourself. Or you're going to look like a fool when you have to describe why you're doing it. And you're, you know, at that point, you become a rowdy guy with a mustache and not a mobro who's, you know, a steward of men's health, right? Yeah. The other thing I tell our community all the time is that, it's fun. It is easy, um, but make no mistake about it. Like there is a struggle there. there you're going to struggle for thirty days to keep that mustache on because you have so much identity wrapped up in your your personal like appearance. When you go and wash your hands, you look in the mirror and you got something ugly on your face and you're not comfortable wearing it. You know, that's going to be. I've been a, twisting at this yeah. all day. <laughs> you have this nervous twitch about you because you're not used to. It's not like you're growing a mustache year round. You just have it during this one one month. Um, you're also going to open yourself up to very serious conversations like the one I was just talking about with my mm-hmm. aunt or my my first like I need to be prepared to have the mental health conversation moment was actually when my roommate's brother came into town from Philly guy named Tof Geshke, unbelievable dude um, he signed up on our Movember team and kicks down the front door like the Kool-Aid man and goes JJ what's up big Philly hug Basically goes, dude, I've got one testicle, and I'm going to tell you all about it. I love this November shit. Hmm. And I was like, Jesus, Toph, like, great meeting you. Let's grab a beer. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and so that's what I tell you, like, most of the community today is like, listen, like, it is easy to participate. Yes, it's only growing a mustache. Yes, you're going to have a lot of fun. But the one thing that I'm going to ask you to be prepared for, and this is the serious side of the mustache, is someone's going to want to have that conversation about men whether they're a cancer survivor, whether they're a caregiver to someone with cancer, whether they've struggled with, you know, anxiety, stress, depression, whether they know someone that's taken their life. Don't be scared to have that conversation. Engage in it. Ask questions. That's what it's about. 
And at the end of the day, you're going to make yourself more proactive in your daily healthcare as a man. And hopefully the person on the other side will too. Yeah. That's really key too, because I have I come from a family, I have four brothers, so there's five of us, and there's just the chances that this is going to impact one of our lives at some point in the next 40 years is pretty high. And I said that, I think the second year I grew my mustache, I said that to my mom, and she was like, don't say that. You're going to jinx it, like knock on wood kind of a thing. And I was like, the stats are there. Like, it's just, it's just, you know. Your comment is going to jinx it. Oh, yeah. No, I'll come back next year. But, um, but like, that's the kind of thing. It's like, I, the reason that I keep coming back to it is because I'm like, yeah, it's, I could have done it one year and been like, it's fun to grow a mustache. But what comes, what I keep coming back to is my whole family is guys. And the chances of us getting impacted by this in one way or another throughout our lifetime is so high that. I want to start now. I want to start getting involved and, and seeing what I can do to bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you holistically, we're about men's health. Just, you know, yes, we fund programs around prostate and testicular cancer and mental health and physical activity, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is about men's health. So if you're born with a penis and testicles, you kind of fit our, our target right. demographic, right? Yeah, the mold, literally. Right, yeah. <laughs> We want you to be proactive in your daily healthcare, and it starts fundamentally. Like, I mean, that's where it's exciting to see you. You know, you don't have a set demographic. Like, I could sit down with a seventy-five-year-old, you know, grandfather at three, and I could be sitting down with a fifteen-year-old freshman from men who could be affected by this, yeah. aka every Everybody. man on the planet, right? <laughs> and and it's exciting to see a lot of younger people get involved because a they're figuring out oh the philanthropy is cool. Like, I'm, you know, Movember is kind of the gateway charity. Very first time <laughs> that they get involved in charity and they figure out that it's fun. It's not that scary to ask people for money, and they, you know, down the line they'll get involved in some other causes as a result, yeah. which is really cool. But also, if they're engaging in the men's health side of things early on, that's habit forming. At least it's top of mind. We know that it's not going to change behavior right overnight, mm-hmm. right? But if it's top of mind when you're 20, maybe in five years you'll actually have a behavioral change, like. Okay, I know I went through college, I didn't see the dentist at all, but maybe just, maybe, now that I have dental insurance, I should actually go see the dentist once a year, <laughs> get my checkups, or get the cleanings done. Um, maybe I should go see a doctor about my knee, that has been bugging me for a very long time. Getting guys to just simply take that first step to yeah. form a habit, because if you're 65 years old and you've got lower back pain and you ignore it for years and don't even know that lower back pain could be a symptom of prostate cancer presenting itself. It's not like you're going to just... Is that for real? Yeah. Oh, man, I've had low back pain for several years. <laughs> I think you might be a little on the younger side of the demographic, <laughs> but like that's the thing. Like If you got a 65-year-old guy who has never listened to his body, has always had the John Wayne approach to, like, I'll have some dirt on it, I'm a guy, I'll be fine. Man up. Exactly, man up. You, you're not going to just overnight be like, I need to go do this. Until you actually can't, until you're debilitated, until it's too, mm-hmm. to where you can't take it anymore. Take it anymore. That's the problem. Well, and I think just that point in particular, and even like, you know, with my mom kind of like knocking on wood kind of a thing, it, it opens you up to other vulnerable conversations that people don't normally have. And so like, one of the things that we talk about a lot is giving yourself excuses to do things. Mm-hmm. And so like, I've always wanted to see your guys HQ this is an excuse to be here, right? And so, Wait, that like, sounded like oddly sexual. I've always wanted to see your guys. <laughs> Headquarters. Sounds well, like not even any better. Um, it's but a like self conversation. 
But like that's kind of the thing. It's like once you're talking about cancer with someone, you can talk about anything with that person. Mm -hmm. And you know the fact that you just learned about lower back pain. It's like those are just let's use the gateway term again. Gateway conversations into really getting to know someone and getting past the weather conversation and getting past whatever it is, and that allows you to find other ways to help that person with their life as well. Well, and do you remember, so what we said right before we went on air with this, but uh, we told you that we were in Denver, the icebreaker conversation we did for our travel meetup was, you can't say you know me until you know blank about me. One of the girls in that circle, she said, uh, you don't know me until you know that uh, my father died of cancer, whatever it was, five years ago, and I made a documentary about his life that I was able to show to him before he died. And then someone, so she opened up with that. And then three people later, another girl opens up that my father also died from cancer. Yeah. And then they end up having this, you know, half hour long conversation about their respective, you know, journeys with that and their relationships with their fathers. Yeah. And that's to the point of opening up the conversation and just starting the conversation. It's awesome. Right? It doesn't happen unless you have some type of catalyst that's beyond the normal and is, yeah. is just... It has to be gravely different, just a little bit skewed to what is the regular expected pattern of social yeah. interactions. There's a degree of vulnerability that, like, if you just give a glimpse, sometimes that's all a guy needs to kind of open up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was just at a bachelor party for one of my really good buddies, like, uh, my my counterpart in my existential crisis, right? Um, okay, guy, so also a baseball player. Yeah, he, but he quit after one year. Um, he's just off the grid, smart, creative, really amazing guy. And Matt, Matt got really into writing and philosophy and um, we'd have long talks about this kind of stuff. And um, you know, his personal philosophy was like bucketism, which is like, you can do everything you, you can do everything you can to prep yourself for a decision, but at some point you're gonna come to the edge of the cliff or the fork in the road and you gotta jump or you gotta choose one way or another and just say, fuck it. I've done everything I can to get to this point. I don't know what's in front of me, but fuck it, I'm gonna find out. And Matt, so like that was kind of the foundation for our relationship. Like, I love that we were able to have these conversations. And so I'm at his bachelor party, and we do the you know obligatory like you know big safe dinner, and then afterwards someone stands up, right? Everybody's toasting, saying giving something to Matt, you know. And you watch the first three guys go, and it's very like. Yeah, way to think this one through, Matt. You know, kind of go yeah. for the... Yeah. I, I met the girl who did it in college. Yeah. Or, you know, it was kind of like, um, you know, Vince Vaughn at the altar during... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And it's I'm your like, last I, chance to turn yeah, around. Yeah. And, and it's all fun and games, but, like, I think, it, like, fundamentally, these guys are just like, I don't really want to say what I'm thinking. Right. right? We all love Matt. Like, I don't need to tell you, right? Yeah. Like, and I remember I just took a quick opportunity to give a, a short toast and I think every single guy afterwards had some sort or finished it with like, you know, I love you. You've been one of my best friends ever. Like there was, it was kind of like an icebreaker. Yeah. And that's, I think that fundamentally is what our Mobros will be in the community. Like you're rocking in with a mustache, you're inviting the conversation. If you say something semi-vulnerable, you're going to get something awesome in return. Yeah. So. I want, so I want to continue on this idea of starting the conversation because I'm going to, I'm going to show my, my hand here for a second. Uh, so two years ago, I did, a, I did Movember. I didn't do it last year. Two years ago, I, did, I think I donated to your campaign last year. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a really fun time with it and everything. But then in like December, I actually remember thinking to myself, I, I actually, for a few days, I was thinking about writing a blog post 
about if Movember is actually raising awareness for prostate cancer or if it's just raising awareness for mustaches. And because I was like, you know, everyone has a lot of fun with it, but is it really doing something for the cause outside of the money? Is it, is it helping in a way? And I ultimately did not write it because what I, and I think, I don't remember, so we talked about it and you, were, you said something to be effective, but it's not, it's not that like it's making, you do your individual campaign and every person who donates is going to go and get checked or whatever like the second they donate. It's that they all know what's up now. Like they didn't put their $10 in and say, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to give $10, $20. I don't even know. They at least saw what it is. So now it's in It's their not mind. just a bucket that they threw something in as they right. pass. You have to look at the site, interact with the site. Right. Think about it. It's that. And then it's also, it's the fact that, you know, let's, let's say, I don't remember. Let's say I had 50 people donate to the campaign. If even one of those people thinks differently than they did before, then that makes a difference. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this big sweeping change across every person you interact with. It's a life-changing conversation or a life-changing interaction. If one person thinks a little bit differently because of the fact that you have a mustache on your face or whether it's doing like Relay for Life with the American Cancer Society or whatever it might be, that's the, that's the, the change that no one sees but is, is actually probably the biggest change. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it is, it is what a Mobro or a Mo system makes of it, right? Like, chances are you're not growing a mustache and being super quiet about it. You know? <laughs> You, you're, you're just either, walking with a sensor bar. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're either you're either that guy that's like, everybody check out how ginger my mustache is. I can't believe it. Yeah. Or or you're insecure about it. And you go into a sales meeting and you're like, hey, listen, Mike, I I know I've never met you, but I don't typically have a mustache. And, and, and you know. Flashbacks right now. <laughs> and, and that's the, the starting of a conversation all the same. But, you know, it, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, population level behavioral change that needs to happen. Like, you know, forget what Movember's doing on the research side of things. Forget like Obamacare and access to care and all that stuff. If if a guy's not gonna take it upon himself to take care of himself, the programs that we funded, the research that we funded, don't mean shit. Mm -hmm. Because a guy's not gonna take the initiative to go into the doctor and take care of himself. Access to care doesn't mean anything because guys aren't gonna take advantage of it regardless. So we have a behavioral change and if by some way, shape, or form, it starts with a conversation about a stupid mustache or an amazingly sexy mustache or a lumberjack mustache, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever type of conversation you have around your mustache, it's gonna be a trigger for thought. And it and it might be some sort of Pavlov's dog reaction. Like every time you know you see the Blackhawks take the ice, you know, and they've got their mustaches on, you're gonna think back to November, and then it's gonna be like that's the men's health organization. Yeah. Shoot, when's the last time that I actually did this? Or I wonder how my dad's doing. Like, when's the last time he actually got checked out? Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and that that's, to go back to kind of what we started with, was like the disconnect a lot of people feel. And I know I felt before to like, just save the world mentality. It's, it's not that. It's like, save one, or just influence one person. Yeah. That's all that matters. Because that's how you create the sweeping change ultimately, right? Like, yeah. The Movember genesis was not originally, we're going to impact the nation, but because it started with, we're going to impact these few people, now it has impacted the nation. And I actually would, I don't know if we're more aware about this stuff in general, but like, 
I would venture to say most people on the street now who see a peculiar looking mustache like what you have, Martin. Well, thank you. <laughs> probably would think, I wonder if it has something to do with Movember or oh, something. Especially pair with a shirt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> really sold out today. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, but it, 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 that happens from, to, to kind of summarize what you just said, it, it happens from just the one person that you impact uh, at the start. It doesn't happen from trying to broadcast it to everyone right away. Yeah, and, th- and flip it a little bit where it's that one person that you impact, it doesn't have to be a friend of anybody. It's probably yourself first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the dynamics that we talk about a lot when we're talking about behavioral changes, like a sense of manliness, you know, your machismo factor, your John Wayne-ness, right? Uh, we've ultimately derived our sense of being a man and sense of self by how we take care of everybody else around us, right? Which is basically cutting you out of the equation. Yeah. So fundamentally, you need to look at, hey, in order for me to take care of everybody else around us, and that's fine if you want to define yourself as a man by how you supported the family and taking care of your friends and all that, but listen, you're not going to be able to do that for very long if you don't take care of yourself first. So that's like, I mean, if that one person that you impact is just you, and you create behavioral right. change that is on display for people down the line, that's perfect. That's, that's what the end game for us. Absolutely. That's awesome. And I think this whole idea of how do you help others really comes down to how do you help someone understand themselves better? And that's one of the things as we've been going around the country doing these podcasts is just meeting people who not only enjoy what they're doing and think about their life a little bit more, but want to use that to influence other people around them. Because one of the things that it always comes down to is the average of five people. So the five people you spend the most time with, you're the average of those five people. So if you're around people who are really you know, self-aware and really vulnerable and really open to these kind of things, you're gonna be more self-aware, vulnerable, and open to these kind of things. And if you're hanging around a bunch of guys who just put mud on it and keep going, then you're gonna do the same thing to your own detriment. And so I really think that your point is so valid where Really sit down with yourself and, you know, grow a mustache, don't grow a mustache, but just think about these things on a deeper level of how, you know, the new manliness or like there's all those blogs about like the new man and I mean, I love art of manliness and like they have articles about how to really sit down and reflect and think and make conscious choices in your life instead of just kind of going with the state of whatever it is that the world has said in the past. So I I love that whole concept of sitting down and really allowing yourself to sit in silence. You meditate every day and just, I think we were talking about how, you know, those are the things that you felt weird doing as a kid. Yeah. Those things are strange. That's weird. I wouldn't do that. I never did like my dad when I was in high school. So I ran track in high school and for a year in college. Um, And my dad that entire time in high school was like, you should practice breathing meditation and you should do yoga because it will help your breathing patterns while you're running and it'll make you more flexible and you won't get injured while running. And you might become stronger too. And I'm like, no, that's weird. Yeah. Now, the first two things I do every day are meditate and do yoga. Yeah. And I wish I would have not thought it was weird at that time. I, it's, it's an openness to just try some new stuff. Yeah. That's... But also, and I know myself from high school to now, I'm yeah. also much more honest and open about my own emotions and the things that I'm thinking about and like care about yeah. way more now than I was then, which is probably true of anyone. Totally. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's a lot of people, you know, pre, pre-Movember for, for me, they, like, I had always considered myself kind of an introvert, maybe a little bit of the life of the party, like, kind of fun, like, I was at a 
good group of friends, but I was never the guy that was, you know, ready to strap on some spandex and go run somewhere and like, you know, make a fool of yourself just for the sake of having fun, like in a good time. Like I like said earlier, I was the fat kid growing up. So I had huge body issues. It was like, like, no, I'm not going to, Put on you the connect on that level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I went the other way with it. I was like, I'm not comfortable with this, so I'm just going to distract everyone. By yeah. <laughs> See, I just, and I just, I kind of embraced it. And I think that's like November opened up that, you know, idea that you can actually go try different things. Like, I mean, growing a mustache for a living and like I'm talking about mustaches, I'm talking regularly about prostates and testicles and like, you know what? These are things that are making people uncomfortable all the time. I've learned to find comfort in the uncomfortable. And that's, you know, whether it's a mental health conversation or just acting a fool and going doing something crazy like wearing Speedos or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never have put on budgie smugglers, but I've done it multiple What's times now. Budgie smugglers? <laughs> that's what the Australians call Speedos. Oh. A budgie smuggler. I did not know that. A budgie's a bird in Australia. So it's like a smuggling <laughs> little bird in there. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that the Australian word for like a hick is bogan? Yep. I actually lived down in Australia for about four months. Okay, all right. I was working for uh, Major League Baseball down there. So nice. I got a little Did, bit did you bring America. former Brewers catcher Dave Nilsson to America? No, Dingo was in the States way before. Okay. Was, yeah. <laughs> that guy's a legend. Uh, but yeah, no, it's the things that you pick up on here at the, the foundation being you know, an Aussie entity, you know? Yeah. Buddies, members, and Oh, wait, so, so November is an Aussie founded. Is yeah. Okay. Started in 2003 in Melbourne. Yeah. So it's, you guys met mm-hmm. Adam, our CEO, walking in, and you know, he's one of the four co founders of Movember. So it definitely still has the, the Aussie culture and vibe. And I, I always he's got that clean cut look that's the same as all the videos. <laughs> <laughs> he's so manicured, I'm going to learn that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The culture here is awesome, but I think a lot of it does drive from you know, the, the Aussie lifestyle. And, Counterculture, the skateboards, you know, founded over beers in an afternoon skate session. Yeah, that's it. Which is really what any great like company or idea came from was like, oh, we got beers and yeah, no, <laughs> and the guys, rest is history. These guys <laughs> certainly had no intention of ever starting a, a men's health charity or anything like that. They're literally 2003 was the first year that they did November, and it was 30 guys growing mustaches. Uh, an email was sent out inviting them to participate in November and mm-hmm. subject line was are you man enough to be my man which is ironic because I think it's a Sheryl Crow song right like a play oh movie, is it right yeah <laughs> um, and all 30 guys signed up and that year is literally just start clean shaving grow a mustache for 30 days and we'll have a party at the end there was no was it, it wasn't a tap so that's okay so that's really interesting to me because that's the reverse approach it's we started something and then we found out what can we connect this to yeah. which I think is probably uh, what happens less often than the other side of things, which is you feel like you have to do something that is for a reason in order to yeah. actually do it in the first place. But then what happens when you do that a lot of times is if you're like, well, I have to make this for a reason, then you plan forever. Or then you're like, well, someone else is already doing it, so I can't. And you don't ever actually get started. But if yeah. you're just like, no, we're just going to do this for fun. That was really it. And then it just grows from there. Yeah. The impetus was fun. They had shit ton of it and basically did a little hunting i mean when you grow a mustache you get asked about it when you don't have a mustache on a day-to-day basis people are like why the hell are you growing a mustache and i think every one of the guys that you know 
one of the original 30 would tell you like we didn't have a great answer other than to say like 29 of my other buddies are doing it we're having a party at the end of the month like and then you realize how ridiculous it sounds out loud and they're like you know if we got to ask them enough about it like what if we made it for a cause and yeah some of the guys had you know done work with a breast cancer organization down there and they're like well manly mustache is a family cause they did some digging on you know, prostate cancer and found that was the Prostate cancer in men is equivalent to breast cancer in women, but not much being said or done. And that was kind of a, you know, the, the start of the foundation, as you know, like it was first and foremost men's health and the first cause that we funded and focused was prostate cancer. And I, I just, I love the fact that like, I mean, now looking back, right, you can create a linear progression of things, but in the moment, it's all just kind of crazy. It's like, try this, try this, you know, see who we can help here, who we can help here. And it finally, and I think I read something maybe a year ago where you guys connected all of the researchers from all the different parts of the world yep. who had never spoken before, but they're all doing individual research and now it's all kind of combined, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we're uniquely placed as the centerpiece with all this. Like, there's very few charities out there that are truly global in nature where you know, we're funding programs in 21 different countries right now. So that means we're the common thread. Our programs team is the centerpiece. Right? And what we found is that, A, we are now the largest private fund of prostate cancer research in the world, right? We're doing incredible stuff there. We're, you know, one of the largest health movements in the world, probably, I don't know, don't quote me on it, but probably the largest men's health movement in the world, right? And you have a unique opportunity there to accelerate outcomes, but you have a huge responsibility mm -hmm. as well to make sure that funds are all invested adequately. So. If we're investing in prostate cancer research programs or some mental health programs here in the U.S. and seeing great strides being made, we have a responsibility to share that with programs we're funding in the U.K., uh, in Australia, whatnot. Um, if something's not working here, like if a researcher tried something at Johns Hopkins and they're like, man, this, we thought it was going to work if you just, at step number 27, if you just would have done this instead, I think it might work. They send that little piece of feedback over to our researchers in, I don't know, Queens Hospital in Tehran or something like that. Wow. Then they've collaborated, they've accelerated the outcome because that researcher's not going to go down a path that has already been proven not to work. Yeah. Not to mention, we're getting more bang for our buck with our community because we're not, you know, squandering invested funds at that point. Yeah. So responsibility to not squander funds, but opportunity to accelerate outcomes. That's key because I think you know a lot of times I'm hesitant to donate to certain things because I don't know where the money is going yeah. and I, I think more than people know there are a lot of charities that the money actually doesn't totally go to like yeah. the right places and or like for instance I know like I saw someone give a pitch in Chicago at a startup at like pitch event uh, about a travel company she was starting to do service trips around the world like volunteer trips around the world and that started because she was in some country in Africa and found that the trip she was on, the volunteer thing she was doing, mm -hmm. they were, that, that company was, it was like a build a school in a village type thing. And that company, when one group left, they would just knock down the school so the next group could just build a school and you just get like the feel good vibe, which is absolutely insane, right? It's astonishing. That, yeah. To think that a company would actually do that. Yeah. But that's gosh, and she started her own company now to change that and yeah. actually do like sustainable real things. Yeah, the real <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, because I think like that just goes to the whole wanting to have the good vibes about it, but not really 
necessarily caring if what you're doing is actually yeah. impacting anything. If you don't have credibility at the source of what your your cause, your mission is, the, the execution of it all, like then it's all for naught. Like you know, the, the consumer now is very, very informed on what's happening within the realm of anything cause or cause related, whether you know if it's a brand collaboration or it's an actual foundation themselves. Like you have a huge responsibility to invest in the programs that you're touting and you also have a huge responsibility to achieve outcomes within those because if you're not then what the hell are you funding right you know so that's where it's you know it's interesting to see how the evolution of Movement Burnley we've had some incredible breakthroughs because we do we, we fund differently than you know other programs it's you know it's short order we'll invest a million dollars through our prostate cancer foundation uh, challenge Movember challenge awards and it's a three-year timeline. It's not like you have 20 years to execute. Like it's three years. That's what they pitched. They're you know, and by the end of the three years of the funding, they might be probably not going to have a cure for cancer overnight, right? It's going to take a little time, but they're going to be night and day ahead of where they where they were. So like one case was uh, University of Michigan. I believe it was two years ago now, um, maybe three. Uh, one of the researchers there and his team identified 30 different types of prostate cancer. Which is great because within those 30 types, they identified that about 80% of them were indolent and slow growing forms. The other 20% were aggressive. So now you have a basis for a tailored treatment program. All you need now is what kind of testing. You have to bring something to market that makes the test available and so that we can identify these types. Because if you have a slow growing form of prostate cancer, you might be able to live with it for a few years and have a better quality of life for those two years as opposed to having a radical operation because it's in the slow growth. And that's one of the unique things about you know, the stuff that we're funding is like, let's think smart about this. Let's you know, try and bring, let's invest in biomarkers. But the next big thing, you know, you talked about our global collaborations. We have uh, like thought, thought trains basically. So gap one, our global action plan for the very first one that we launched was around biomarkers. Gap two is about imaging. So we know that if we have biomarkers locked in, the next big step is like, okay, we gotta track these. Because if 80% are indolent, that means there's a fair amount of men eventually that will be going on active surveillance, which means biopsies and just keeping an eye on it, watchful waiting is another clinical term that they use. What are they going to need fundamentally to do that? Better imaging resources. So that's the next one. And then you also look at, okay, what are they, what can we do to address quality of life? How do we invest in like make sure that guys are, you know, treating the symptoms, uh, better preparing themselves to go through prostate cancer? Let's invest in that. So it's it is very methodical. It's crazy to think that we have PhDs and doctors and like this incredible programs team as part of Movember because you know, it harkens back to you know that afternoon in Fitzroy where it's like skateboards and beers, yeah, <laughs> and curing <laughs> prostate cancer maybe or you know cutting the you know suicide rate of men. Like these are things that we hopefully can do because we're uniquely placed. So I want to cover real quick some like tips we might have collectively or like ways to even whether it's November or any type anything that's interesting to someone how to get started in getting involved um, so I can kick it off since I've posted this <laughs> uh, I haven't thought of an answer yet <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things I like to do is find things that I'm already doing and find how can I tie something into that so for instance um, 
I don't think you know this about me, but I'm a rapper in addition to the stuff I do for IDLM. I was not aware of that. And so <laughs> the album I released earlier this year, I basically said it, it, it's available for free. And the first week it was up online, I said, but if you want to pay, all of the money will go towards the um, relief in Nepal from the earthquake that happened there. Right. So I didn't like necessarily have to go out of my way to support that cause. I just took something that was already happening and I tied the cause into it. Yeah. Um, for me, I like, and I know I've probably done that with other things too, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, that's that's something that I know works and helps get other people involved and get yeah. yourself involved too. Do you guys have anything that is like any tidbit or like this is something you can do to just get going? I mean, for me, I'll put on my like mustache consultant hat, and you know, I always whenever I get someone who's interested in getting involved, I have to ask a few questions. Like, what's you know, what's your big goal? Like, do you do you want to raise a ton of money? Do you want to have all your buddies sign up? Do you, you want to create a u- unique you know, workplace culture? Like, what are you going for here? Because ultimately it's going to come down to you either want to have a massive team, get a lot of people to sign up, or you want to raise a bunch of funds. And sometimes raising funds is a function of getting a lot of people to sign up, right? So usually what I, what I do is I go through those questions with guys and find out what's important or topical for them. And, you know, certain guys might not be able to get it going at their office, but they're a new dad and they're part of the dad's group. Cool. That's that's where you should focus. Let's go get five or ten new dads to grow mustaches, host a you know, a weekly bar meetup, you know, because it's important to stay socially connected as a man and it's cathartic. You guys can talk about your struggles at work or lack of sleep or whatever. You know, you guys are empathizing with each other at that point over a brew. Um, but at that point you're you built a team, you've created a venue for the conversation, likely made believers out of the people that you know are getting involved and the people around them, and you'll raise funds as a result. Um, but really it is it ultimately goes back to like, you know, who you are, what kind of world you live in, what kind of networks you're you're working within, and make Movember work for you. Like it's it's fairly straightforward after that, like you know, signing up and you know, getting your online MoSpace page. <laughs> fundraising page. Yeah. yeah. It started in 2003. MySpace was still kind of hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you get your MySpace page. It's, I mean, it's it's fairly foolproof after that. Yeah. Um, it's a digital campaign. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, it all goes back to what's important to you or what's relevant to you. Yeah. That's where you can kind of guide your, your energies. That's awesome. Yeah, I think um, if I were to answer that, I would say uh, the big answer is don't be afraid to look stupid or remove fear, however you want to phrase it, um, which I know is like not a tangible tip. So I'd say find a friend who will do it with you because yeah. that takes away. If there's if it's you by yourself, it's really easy for someone to make a joke and then you go home and take it off. Yep. If you and your friend have it, there's at least some accountability. So whatever it is you're trying to do or want to do, find a way to create accountability around it. Well, those shoes are just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know a little five-five person could make it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's. Uh, I think if you can find someone in your life who is just as um, gung ho about something as you are, then everything else becomes easier from that. Totally, and you're accountable to those people too, yeah. because there's a, the the struggle is real. You know, the yeah. pardon on a popular phrase or to borrow yeah. a popular phrase. It's real because you want to shave it off at some point, but if you got the if you got the wolf back with you, it makes it a little bit harder because 
you either don't want to let the guys down or you just don't want to deal with the shit that you're going to get yeah. afterwards. So it is really important to, to, to bring people in the fold because, yes, it completes your Movember campaign, gives you a you know, better experience all around, but also you know, at the end of the day, it's about the conversation. We'll keep going back to that. So yeah. getting more people involved means more mental conversation. I like that too because, again, whatever the thing might be, whether it's world hunger, Mustaches for prostate cancer, whether it's whether it's going to the cancer. gym, <laughs> yeah, whether it's, no, yeah, whether it's you know just eating organic, whatever it might be, it's so much. I think it makes so much more of a difference if you just find one person or a couple people and like directly talk or email with them or whatever. Versus when people put up a Facebook status, like they'll be like, "The world should be this way. Start thinking this way," and everyone, you know, everyone likes it. Yeah. on Facebook but no one does anything about it or thinks differently or does anything differently yeah no the Facebook likes it transaction yeah yeah, yeah. and that because that's it's so um, it's, wait, what's the right word it's not personal when it's in that medium when it's just like I'm going to make a status about this and that's me creating change and that's me helping others it's really just you shouting about something that is important yeah. but because you're shouting it People aren't listening. Yeah. Okay. Versus the email, like well, this yeah. company started, November started with a conversation, right? Yeah. It didn't start with one of them riding their skateboard down the sidewalk and then being like, hey, everybody, yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. I mean, it was spawned out of fun, but yeah, like, it wasn't like they had an agenda from the get yeah. other than and also kind of letting it go, because like um, my the the guy who introduced me was an old coworker. Yeah, I think we got to go join this party. <laughs> the, the guy who introduced me to Movember, I don't know if he's still growing mustaches. He might still be, uh, but I'm not at the company anymore. So, uh, but the thing is that he influenced me enough that I've gone and taken it to another company, and now this year I'm going to be spreading it through. Idea Lemon and everything like that, and we have this podcast and everything. So it's really amazing how. One person, like, I don't think he ever thought that, I definitely didn't at the time know that I'd be out in LA doing this. And so it's kind of crazy how just one conversation with one person encouraging one one small act can just change so many stories moving forward. Yeah, I think it's funny that you can recount your very first November, like, pitch or, like, first time someone told you to get involved. I can do the same. I, I can think of Bjorn Anderson telling me as my boss, oh, we should have done November. Yeah. I remember sitting in the... You know the pretty sterile sixth floor of a Long Beach, you know, office building. Going, mustache would have been nice right about it. Yeah, and then yeah. you just put it in your back pocket. And yeah, the next time November comes around, you're like, yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah. funny that we can both recall exactly. Yeah, and that whole that whole first experience because I'd never like even facial hair at that point was not a strong suit for me. And so I was like, <laughs> you've very, really, you've really come into your own. <laughs> Puberty came late for him. Really, really gifted. I'm sure you've been strong for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've been okay for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's this badass party going on outside these doors, uh, so we should wrap up. Before we do, JJ, um, where can people find you, find Movember? Uh, what are you guys yeah. going on? I mean, absolutely. Go to Movember.com. Uh, website's going live here in a few short weeks. Uh, campaign will kick off, and we'd love to have anyone and everyone to sign up. You know, Mo Bros and Mo Sisters alike. Everybody plays a part in starting the men's health conversation. So, yeah, invite everyone to sign up and shoot, maybe even join the Idea Lemon team. Damn straight. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, by just 
somehow champ. November aligns with the month of November. <laughs> yes, it is the 30 days of the month of November. Uh, the rules are fairly straightforward. Start clean shave in November 1st, dredges the mustache for the 30 days of the month of November. And if you feel like it, raise some funds and at a minimum start some conversations about men's health. And yeah, get after it. All right, so to wrap up then, start with Martin, close with JJ. Let's give our answers to question for this episode slash conversation, which is how do you help others? I think you help others by allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough for them to open up. I like that. My answer is similar, and it goes to what you said earlier, JJ, about thinking about like, what do you want first. I think if you help yourself, the way to help others is to first help yourself. Yeah. Think about how do I want to change, or what do I want to do differently? And from there, you can think about, how, okay, now how does this impact others, or what conversation can I start with others? 100%, and you absolutely just stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, I did say I like what you said earlier, so. <laughs> So, yeah. no, help others. you from earlier. <laughs> to help others, you got to help yourself first. As uh, the Notorious B.I.G. movie taught me, <laughs> Puffy said to Big, can't change the world unless we change ourselves first. There we go. Wow, that's a huge drop in right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shout All out right. to B.I.G. He's going back to Cali. We're yeah. in Cali. Yeah. Rest in peace. Thanks so much for JJ, me. thank you. I appreciate it, guys. This has been fun. Let's drink. Yeah. Let's <laughs> have a beer. All right, all right. That was our conversation with J.J. Owen from Movember. J.J., thank you for joining us, and shout out to the whole Movember crew for being incredibly hospitable as we drank your booze and, I guess, lost to them in darts. Oh, a lost heart in darts. <laughs> but you got a haircut there, too, and a mustache trim, I think. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those of you guys listening, remember, you can follow along on our road trip by, well, one, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. And also go to idealemon.com where we're documenting every step of our journey and subscribe to our email newsletter there. And Instagram and pin, no, not Pinterest. No, Instagram, uh, Periscope. Twitter and Periscope <laughs> at Idea Lemon. Remember, in, we were in Santa Monica earlier this week and we Periscoped ourselves a first-person view of being on a roller coaster. That was pretty awesome. There were like 130 people watching that, so... Check us out on all those places, and we'll catch you with our next episode. we got a couple more coming out of LAX as I drop Martin off at LAX. The next stop on our road trip is, well, technically Tahoe. Martin's flying to Canada for this odd break in the trip. I go to Tahoe for an under-30 experiences reunion, actually. Oh, yeah. Then we re-meet back in LA and drive to Vegas. So we'll catch, with you. we'll catch you guys a little bit later. we got two more episodes coming out of LA. Until then, we'll see ya. I just realized I looked like Snidely Whiplash on the train tracks during that coaster ride.